Welcome to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Subscribe to the Captain's Run on Apple and Spotify or where all good podcasts are downloaded. Give us a text 0457 736 736 and make sure you're following our brand new Twitter profile. Look, is it is a year ago brand new? Maybe. I don't know. We'll just keep saying it, though. Brand new Twitter file at Captain's Run NRL and follow at SEN League on Instagram and TikTok. I've got the great Cameron Smith with me. How you going, brother? Oh, I'm good, Campy. Very good. Um, how how good is it? We are up to the big games. Prelims this week, of course. The old foes, Penrith, taking on the Storm. And then your men, the Broncos. Well, this, this is the Kemp Cup. That's what they're saying? It's the Kemp, it's the Kemp Cup in the prelim. <laughs> how good? Oh, mate, it is incredible. And... I think sometimes because the year goes on as long as it does and you kind of get lulled into like this is NRL, this is the standard of rugby league, hasn't the last couple of weeks been a reminder that finals footy is just a different beast, a totally different beast? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, and it's fitting, isn't it, that we've got, you know, the the last, well, the second last round, four teams left, and it is the teams that finished in the top four. Mm. So I think it just shows, you know, the the quality, the cream actually rises to the top, and there's a reason why they these four teams finished right up the top of the ladder. Um, I, I can't wait. A lot of people are saying that this is all very one-sided. It's just going to be Penrith Broncos, but I'll tell you what: these games can be these prelim finals, grand final, qualifiers, whatever you want to call it. All it needs is just for one little thing to go wrong for those those teams that are favourites, and for the opposition side to go and capitalise and and just turn up in the right frame of mind and have a little luck go their way and there could be an upset on the cards. But I will, we'll deep dive into these two matches a little bit further down the track. I've got to, I just got to talk to you about where I'm at the moment, right? So the other <laughs> night, very stressful. Yes. Very stressful match, Storm v Roosters. I was watching on, working on the game actually. I was commentating and I, and I thought to myself, we're gone. Sammy Walker kicks a field goal. Mm. Um, two minutes to go. We're down by a point, so I'm a little bit. St- I was a little bit stressed out after that one, right? We we snuck home, Campy. So I've taken myself out to nature. If you can hear the birds, if you can hear the birds chirping, I've just had to calm myself down this week and get ready for another big week of footy. Oh, oh mate! Oh. oh, the gray hairs. They're just getting. I don't know how coaches do it. I don't know how Bellamy isn't bald. Like seriously, the hair must be falling out. Oh, it's unbelievable. And and just to reiterate your point in, in regards to you just don't know what's going to happen in finals footy. You know, you'll remember mm. this match, you know, just as well. A semi-final, Broncos versus Storm up at Suncorp. Yes. You know, and I this isn't an upset by any stretch, but I genuinely remember being in that game and thinking and being surprised at how comfortable we had kind of managed the game. Like not not that we mm-hmm. were taking the foot off the pedal, but it was just mm. it, it felt like that we had just played so well against a, a dominant storm side, and all it took was a huge play by Sikamanu. Boom. Mm-hmm. Tides uh, the tide changes. Greg Inglis goes over for a match winning try. Broncos are out. That's how quickly yep. finals games can change by just a single big play. Yep, absolutely, mate. And that was I remember that that game vividly and I, I still consider that game the greatest game of footy I've been a part of given given how close it was throughout the entire match and and where the Melbourne Storm had to fight back from at no stage during that entire game was was the Melbourne Storm in front until Greg Inglis scored in the left-hand corner with what I think it was like 45 seconds to go yeah 
Yeah. So as you as you said, mate, you know the Broncos, you know, and you were involved in that footy side. You were well and truly in control of that match you know, right from the beginning. You started really well. You scored early. Um, you know, you controlled the match all the way through. And then one big tackle with a minute 30 left on the clock. Sikamano hits Ashton Sims right under the ball. It pops loose. Three tackles later, Greg Inglis is scoring in the corner um, for a very unlikely win. So I'm, I'm, I'm banking that these are going to be high-quality matches that we see this weekend. Absolutely. Let's let's unpack finals week too. So obviously the Warriors defeat the Newcastle Knights. What was that? You know, you've obviously been in around rugby league for so long now, decorated career, but there's something different about a Warriors win at their home ground, such a substantial win as well. What was it like watching it, mate? Yeah, look, it, it was it was great. It, it was great to see, um, you know, the huge turnout as well. It was sold out, you know, many, many days before kickoff. Um, and you've got to remember Sean Johnson back in the footy side as well. So he had himself right to go. They, when they took on Penrith you know, a week ago, they, they knew, uh, sorry, nearly a fortnight ago, they, they knew that they had a second chance. So essentially, you know, taking on Penrith without Sean Johnson, their best and most consistent player all year, it was a free shot at the, at the stumps. It was a, it was a fr- free throw at the, at the wickets. Mm. And if they jagged a win, well, they got a week off, an extra week of rest for Sean Johnson and then, and then a prelim final at home. But they went down, but they knew Sean Johnson was going to be back. They were primed for that game, Kempe. Mm. Primed. And now, like, you look at Newcastle, they come into that match with, well, the best, the best form of any team in the competition. They'd won 10 in a row looking for 11. Um, but I just think that maybe the week before, extra time against Canberra, took a little bit of juice out of them. Um, Jackson Hastings not in the football side as well. There was a bit of a, a change up. Although Adam Clune was was playing some good footy, you know, previous when he was playing in that in that in that side, um, a couple of weeks earlier. But it it was a it was always going to be a big ask. Always going to be a big ask. And you know, a lot of people thinking, well, oh, the Warriors haven't been great um, the last month. Newcastle they're on fire. This could be an upset. There's a reason why the Warriors finished in the top four. Mm is because of the quality of football that they played throughout the season. Now, yeah, okay, granted that they might not have been at their very best for the past four weeks, but, you know, you've got to take into account they, they have been so consistent over, you know, the majority of the season, which is why they finished top four. They got their best player back. They're playing in front of a home crowd that all they had to do was start well. Mm. All they had to do was start well, get their crowd behind them, and then they, they were always going to be very hard to beat. Newcastle dropped the ball, play three, um, and then Sean Johnson. He just goes to work. He just, you know, he had a hand in the first three tries, sixteen nil after what was it, fifteen minutes. It was always going to be hard to, for the Knights to come back from there. I, the way they played compared to their last month of rugby league, or even six weeks, it makes me wonder: was Webster tapering for this game? Did he have it kind mm. of? Look, all right, we're playing some lower tier sides for the rest of the, the month. So four weeks left and mm-hmm. we're playing teams below us. Did he mm-hmm. taper his – like, for example, did he increase conditioning? Did he make training during the week a bit harder so they might have been a bit flatter during that period mm. or building towards this second week? Because it, it looked like they were going to finish top yep. four quite a ways out. Yeah, I, I, well, Kenby, I'll tell you what, mate. I remember when I was playing back – and this is going back sort of the middle third um, of, of my career – where we would get sort of a month out from finals and we would we would do what you know our conditioning staff would call a mini preseason wow okay. leading into the finals 
So when you knew you were in a really strong position um, and you sort of, you know, you look at your, your calendar moving forward, the opposition teams that you're playing against, and if you're confident that you could go out there and, and be close to your best and win, well, they'd put a little bit of work into you. Mm. So a little bit a little bit of conditioning um, just to get you ready for that step up of, of finals footy where things, you know, happen a bit faster. You've got to be a little bit fitter. Sometimes ball in play is... Well, a lot of the time in semi-final football, the ball's in play a lot longer than what your regular season games are. So you just got to have a little bit more fitness behind you to, to, to go with you know, the, the good sides. And, and maybe that was the case. Like, I'm not too sure. Though. I haven't sort of heard too much out of the Warriors camp about you know, their last month of football and why they were a little bit down. But that's a possibility, mate. Mm. That's a possibility that Andrew Webster would have said to his staff, hey, listen, let's put a little bit of work into these blokes. And get them fit and firing that so that they are on the up come finals time. Yeah, I think it, it, it almost as well because you got the physical side of it as well as the the mental side of it. It's almost mentally preparing you as well because each day you're coming into a bit more work. The intensity is a bit higher. So yep. by the time you get to week one of the finals or week two of the finals, whichever you're aiming for, you're you've almost been it's. It's kind of like, I know round one, the quality isn't as high, but the mental, I guess, eagerness to get into that run, round one game, if you can replicate that for finals, you're going to hit the ground running in a, in a final series. Yep. yep, absolutely, mate. And then that's all, you know, the good coaches, they, they gear their players for these scenarios and these situations. And as we just spoke about, like finals footy, it's not, it's not just another game. Mm. It's not another week. It's not like your regular season football games. It, it's, it's a new season. And everything goes up a gear. The speed, the contact, the physicality, the intensity, all of it rises. And if you don't go, if you don't make that increase with all of those aspects of the game, then you get left behind. Mm. You know, like if you want to compete with Penrith and if you want to compete with the Broncos, you need to make that step up because you know they're going to do it. They, they finished top two this year and there's a reason for that. And you just look at the way that they've played in the first week. Um yeah, if you, if you're not ready this weekend, if if the Storm and the Warriors turn up thinking that they can just turn out and play like they have in previous weeks, you know they they might get embarrassed. But I I don't think they'll come in underprepared at all. Now speaking of the game, uh, the Knights v the Warriors, I'd love to get your thoughts on a guy like Wade Egan that mm. has almost gotten better and better. Especially I thought he was outstanding in a finals game for a for a, a hooker that's more of a you know, he wouldn't be considered a superstar. He'd be a guy that just gets the job done. Uh, I think he's improved out of sight. What's your kind of uh, measurement of how he's been playing over the last few weeks? Yep, no, he's been playing extremely well. And probably probably because he's playing alongside, you know, a guy like Sean Johnson and, and Torhu Harris as well, who's had a great season, Adam Fanuel Blake, those three guys. Because he's playing beside those guys, he probably hasn't got the raps that he deserves. And I reckon if he would have played... Let's say he had the same season he's had this year and he's playing for, say, the Broncos or a club in Sydney. He'd, he'd come close to winning Hooker of the Year. I've got no doubt about that because he's been so important to the way that they've gone about their game this year. What I really like about his game is that he's very different to, say, like a Harry Grant, Damian Cook, where they're, they're runners, right? They, they do their damage with their running. Any unset markers, away they go, and then you're on the back foot and you're sort of scrambling. What Egan does is that he plays with a lot more tempo. So he comes out, when he get, picks up the ball, 
he'll come away from the ruck a lot slower. But what he does is he sucks in markers, he commits eight defenders or stands them still, and then he makes his pass, whether it be a short ball to one of the big boys in behind the ruck, playing out the back to Sean Johnson when he's on the move out, one of those sweeping runs out the back. And and he plays extremely straight, Kempe. Mm. So he so when he comes out of dummy half, he, he takes his, his movement out sideways, but then he's straight up and down the field, which means he's able to commit defenders and hence giving room, some time and space to all of his men that he's promoting forward down the field. I think he's been fantastic, mate. I, I really have. And he, he's missed a few weeks... He's he's had a couple of he's had a concussion, um, couple of injuries I think throughout the year as well, but he has been so good and and you you need the quality nines, mate. You mm. need the quality nines to be playing at the pointy end of the year. Well, you know you look at the Billy Walters had the best year of his career. You've always yep. got Harry Grant at the Storm. You've got Mitch Kenny, one of the biggest unsung heroes of that Panthers squad. Um, just a a quick little um, I guess deep dive. That mm. coming out of dummy half, I don't think people appreciate how hard that is because if you come out even for a second too long or a second too short, you stuff up the whole play. Um, yeah. You know, how often have we seen rookie hookers that they might get a little bit too eager, so they start constantly trying to toy with the markers and you've got a seven throwing his hands up, oh, mate, just give me the bloody <laughs> ball. You know, yeah. what, give us an insight into that kind of decision-making as a hooker. Yeah, well, it's it's... Hours and hours of, of work at, at training, right? Trying to build the combination. And, and that's why you see, when you can see sides with um, that continuity, right? Around the, the nine, the seven, the one, and the six. When they get to spend, you know, multiple seasons together, particularly pre-seasons when they do most of their work, right? They work out their timing. They work out their movements. So in the end, it's not so much about, you know, communication through voice or, or sound like it's more about body language right so you know exactly how far you need to move out of dummy half before your halfback wants the football you know exactly where your fullback's going to pop up on certain plays around around the the ruck whether he wants an inside ball whether he wants you to come out slightly and then drop him off and so he can head back across the other side of the play the ball um it's all it's all through training and and constant you know talking with each other about you know, what's going to help each other's game out. And you're right, mate. When, when you watch the young dummy half still trying to figure out that that tempo and the timing aspect of, of coming out of dummy half with the football, you see them get nabbed by markers. You see the markers get out and chop their arms and they can knock the ball loose and, and, and pick up an error. Um, sometimes, you know, like <laughs> they're trying to pass the ball to front rowers and they stand up and then pass it and then you see the big front rowers turn around and give them, a, <laughs> give them an absolute gobble because they want the ball off the ground. Yep. That that type of stuff, mate, it's all it's all little things that you need to work on that you don't particularly see as a as a viewer. Mm. You just think, oh, well, that's his job. He knows what he's doing. But it's it's hours and hours of work to try and, you know, perfect that, that timing of, you know, when to run, when to pass early, maybe when to engage markers to help you up you know, your half or a front row get over that advantage line and, and at the defensive line. But yeah, certainly, you know, Wade Egan, he's he's one of the best at in the entire competition. Mate, he was outstanding on the weekend. Like the the amount of space he created for SJ, like SJ deserves yep. all the praise. Absolutely. No denying yep. his year. But he doesn't get that space if Egan isn't holding up the A and B no. defender the way he does. No, you're right. Now, the, mate, the work that's done on the inside for Sean Johnson, I, I don't think can be underestimated, particularly, you know, well, it's, it all starts with Wade Egan, but then 
particularly someone like Tohu Harris. Yeah. I, I, like, you know, everyone was given um, Johnson raps on the weekend, you know, nine or 10 out of 10 game, which is fair enough because he played extremely well and he got him off to a great start. But the game that Tohu Harris played too, like big body, can carry the football really well. He's a threat, you know, with his running game, but also his ability to play. He can play like a 5'8". Mm. In fact, he's actually he's worn the six numerous times for... Well, he's played six for Storm. He's played six for Warriors. He's played... I think I'm pretty sure he's played six for the Kiwis yep, yep. in a test match as well. So he is a very, very good player and um, he's going to be, have to be at his best come this um, this Saturday against the Bronx. Now, before we head to a break, we've got a text here. G'day, Shaggers. The Reptile Shaminda is safe, boys. But with two minutes to go, I was ring a, <laughs> ringing Australian cricket team to get their advice That's on. That's right. <laughs> to get the their rooster tattoo. <laughs> yes. He said, two minutes to go, I was ringing the Australian cricket teams to get their advice on sandpaper to rid <laughs> of the rooster's tattoo, the reptile. <laughs> Classic. Oh, Classic. that is the best. That is the best. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we've got plenty of rugby league to talk about. Plus, today's show, we have the great Craig Bellamy join us. How good.